Welcome to another PI World podcast. This is an audio-only version offered as another way to enjoy our great content. A full video version can be seen on piworld.co.uk, where you can find many more videos of interest to investors. Thank you, everybody, for your time this morning. I say, my name is Mitesh Tanak. I founded and set up the group in August 2012, and I've run it ever since then. Hi, and I'm Ian Richardson, uh, Chief Financial Officer. Uh, I've been with uh, Matesh and the team since uh, June 21. So the plan today is to take you through our financial year 23, which ended in January 2023. Our year-end is that 31st of Jan point. But also take the opportunity to talk about what's happening we see for this year, uh, which will, let's say, in our financial year is financial year ending January 2024. And also to look a little further to talk about next year, calendar 24, our financial year 2025. So in terms of starting off about what happened in the year just gone, what I'd say is that it was a year of very solid progress. You know, we were awarded multiple contracts with new and existing clients. We did successfully manage and navigate the very high inflationary environment that our clients saw towards the end of 2022. And that did affect their budgets and changes to what happened, what we did last year and this year. And we'll come and talk about that in slightly more detail. But also what we saw is that water was emerging as an increasingly exciting opportunity. We secured our first agritech contract in India. At Taipei, if you recall, we talked about going into agritech. And we actually fulfilled that last year. And we also delivered the first water neutrality pilot at Crawley. And what this does is it opens up development opportunities for new boat housing that's currently in the planning process, but where the regulator cannot get approval because of concerns about the impact on water stress or natural neutrality in the area. And we also acquired an integrated Matheson and completed our facility in Toledo. And again, both of those I'll cover very shortly. So just in terms of what that means for the year just ended, revenue was up 52% from 36.2 million to 55.1 million. And that really was driven by repeat orders from our existing customers, some new client wins and geographic expansion into uh, India in particular, on the back of the Uttarakhand contract we secured, and also entering into some new markets like uh, the net water neutrality uh, project Matesh mentioned. So all of that saw us deliver an adjusted EBITDA of 11.8 million, which was up 76% from the previous year, and an adjusted PBT figure of 10.1 million, again, up 79% from 5.6 million the previous year. So that resulted in an adjusted dilute EPS of 25.6p, and has enabled the board to declare a dividend of 1.2p, up 20% from the previous year. However, we did end in a net debt position of 3 million compared to a net cash position of 4.1 million the previous year. And that really was around the impact on our working capital profile, which changed during the year. We saw during the course of the year, lead times for key components increase. So in order to ensure that we could still deliver those projects in the timeframes we agreed with our customers, we had to order upfront all of those key components for the whole of the project. So as an example, in terms of lead times, we saw heat pump uh, score lead times increase from three weeks to three months. So the point of which we were ordering those uh, components, when once they arrived in the UK, we obviously had to pay for those 
um, those items. And at that point, legal title had passed to us and we could then invoice our clients. So this is a change for us during the year, as typically we would operate on a call-off basis and effectively be able to invoice our clients for the work done uh, and receive payment before them playing our subcontractors. We also saw a heavy Q4 bias in terms of our delivery program, which resulted in higher than normal trade and other receivables at the year end. Now we expect that to unwind during the course of this year, and we'll actually see our cash conversion improve from the negative figure it was for FY23 to a rate greater than 100% for FY24. So in terms of the company then, we work in two areas. In energy, we work with clients predominantly public sector at the moment, we've got heating and hot water systems that are end of life. So we don't work in new build, we only work in retrofit there. And on the other side in water, we work with water utilities, commercial clients like hotels and care homes, and also now work with local authorities unlocking the new build housing there. On both sides of our business, our technology uh, platform, HR2024, plays an important role I'll explain in a moment why and what it does. At the bottom, you can see a selection of our clients. And this has grown in the year. Some of the four big ones are on the left-hand side, people like LNQ, London Borough, Lambeth, Oxford, and B3 Living. Our clients that we actually secured at the end and during financial year 23. So I mentioned Control Flow 2024. What does it do? So it's a patent-protected, pressure-independent flow control technology. What does that mean? If you look at your kitchen tap and you turn on the tap this evening, you'll notice that the volume of water coming out constantly changes as people in your house maybe use the toilet or your neighbor turns on their taps, etc. So you've got flow variation going on there. By installing a product at the cold water mains, or you think that different set of products at the individual taps, it actually eliminates that fluctuation and it gives you the same even flow with a variation of less than 2% in the pressure input coming in. It's the only product in the world certified as pressure independent by the large European test house keeper. By having this very accurate control and eliminating fluctuations, it actually reduces water consumption whilst giving a better water supply to the household. What our water community clients have found since 2018 is that on average it cuts water consumption in the households by over 20%. And that's a year-on-year saving. It doesn't get worn out. Those savings are counted as basically permanent savings. Are. But it also allows us to better design heating systems as well. And by doing so, it reduces the cost of those systems, as we'll explain in the next slide. Now, we haven't been sitting on our laurels. We've carried on developing an R&D, securing new patents, for example, for our Agritech product. And we spent in R&D 1.8 million last year, financial year 2023. And this year, that'll increase to 2.4 million as we carry out a range of trials that we'll explain about in a moment. So in terms of addressable market, well, the addressable market continues to grow. As I'm sure you understand, we're really driven in terms of what we're doing by the issue of climate change, both in terms of reducing emissions, which is what's driving our energy business, but also mitigating the impacts, which is driving our water business. So in energy, net zero goals have been adopted by governments and organizations worldwide. 
You can see the sort of targets that the UK and the Dutch have set, but also individual local authorities are setting their own targets as well. And what we're seeing is a common focus on using heat pump technologies in buildings. As I say, as a company, we're completely tech agnostic. There's a lot of talk about hydrogen, but right now, people look at heat pumps as providing a proven solution. And if you look at where those goals are, you can see the potential spend, both in the UK and Holland, that builds up that £4 billion per annum addressable market that we can see. In terms of water, water stress is a global issue. So in the long term, we can see a bigger opportunity there than on energy. But in terms of the markets that we're active in, you can see the elements in that frontal, and you can see even now that is a substantial price and a market size that we can target as we're going forward. In terms of the growth strategy, it's as we've set out at the IPO, it's two strands, organic and inorganic growth. On the organic side of things, the energy sector, we will continue to strengthen our core team, particularly around engineering capabilities, and that will enable us to uh, secure those large uh, opportunities within the domestic housing sector. And in addition, we will look to build on the good work at FY23 for our co commercial team and continue to strengthen that offering. On the water side, we'll continue to grow our products and service sales within the UK utility market and also look to move into relationships with housing developers, tackling the net water neutrality point that Matesh mentioned earlier. We'll also look to expand upon our success in Agritech in India and look for further opportunities in that state as well as Europe. And also within the UK, we're now looking to roll that water neutrality solution out further across the local authorities that are affected. On the inorganic side of things, that will still be an M&A strategy with two elements of focus. In the UK, it's identifying bolt-on opportunities which deepen our engagement in the current sectors as well as those adjacent to that. And both Matthewson and Wellthermal acquisitions, which we've previously completed, uh, are good examples of that, with Matthewson allowing us to enter into uh, new sectors such as the healthcare sector in the coming year. In terms of the geographic expansion, we're continuing to focus on Northwest Europe. And post year end, we recently completed the acquisition of REND, a small heating engineering business in Emmeloord in the northwest of Netherlands, from which gives us a foothold to move into expanding that area. And in terms of uh, opportunities, uh, we have a number of opportunities in both areas, uh, both geographic and strategic, that are currently going through the due diligence process, and we'll hope to update people on that later in the year. So in terms of the operational strategic highlights, and taking you on to what we think about this year as well, though, I say during FY23, we saw substantial growth there. But there was heavy inflation that affected our clients in social housing. What was that sort of inflation? Well, in terms of the sort of work that we do, the inflation impact was about 8 to 9% across the year. Not very high because our clients tend to have about a 10% buffer in their project spend to deal with unexpected issues. The big impact on them was in other works that they meet from that budget. So this is general retrofit works and also things like insulation and cladding buildings and the like. And if you look at the ONS data, that's showing that that inflation for general retrofit was about 20% across the year. 
and for inflation products in terms of materials, people were seeing inflation of 50% in year. So as you can imagine, that was completely unexpected and a very, very big problem for our clients there. Part of the mitigation that they put into place was basically in terms of what we do is to move lower value, higher margin projects forward into FY23 and higher value, lower margin projects getting delayed into the current year, FY24. As a company, we were able to move our teams around, secure the materials required because this was happening very late in the year, in our quarter four, and still deliver those projects on time and to budget for our clients. As you can imagine, that's really deepened and strengthened the relationship. And we are regarded as a very trusted partner there. But coming into this year, that impact is still working its way through the system there. As we'll show you in a moment, one of the things that our clients have done is really focus and decide on a particular mix of projects there that have actually hurt our margins for this year. In terms of amount of work they're doing with us, that's increased, as we said, in our trading update, we expect to exceed the original revenue forecast for the year. But our margin is reduced there. What our clients have also done is to change their building retrofit strategies. Specifically, what they're doing is they're reducing the amount of insulation they're doing and therefore taking away that pressure on their capital budgets. And again, that'll unwind and that'll bring benefits to us from next year that we can see calendar 2024, financial year 25. So it's because of these changes that while this year there is some pain, actually for next year, we can see a reversion to a normal mix of projects and hence margins in energy from that point there. In terms of water, water grew very well in 2023. And water right now is going faster than we expected at IPF. We're already in the agritech sector in India. We've got trials going on in Spain. They'll take some time right through this year to confirm, but once it's approved, they will start offering our solution in Europe. We also have the new solution around the English local authority areas, Crawley is one of them, around water neutrality. And as I said, this is a potential solution for the circa 120,000 new-built homes in the UK that are currently going through the planning process where the regulators cannot give approval because of net water and nitrate neutrality concerns. We have a very simple solution. As you can imagine, we're talking to a number of developers right now. And we're also trialling a direct B2C product offering. What Crawley showed is that by installing the product in the cold water mains, it actually helped your gas boiler work more efficiently. And so people saw savings on their utility bills, gas and water, of over £350 a year there. So we're doing a trial, which is extended to basically explore whether we can offer the solution directly to householders. And if we can, that'll extend us into B2C territory as well. So I mentioned about the mix of projects. So the control flow technology allows us to design systems more accurately. Now, our core business is uh, systems that provide communal district heating, where you may have a plant room inside the building or in the neighboring area that supplies a hot water ring main that circulates around providing heating and hot water to each flat. Or you might have a ground source heat pump system We've got a heat pump inside the flat that's concentrating the heat 
to provide heating and hot water for that individual resident there. Because our technology allows us to better design these systems, we can design more accurately the demand and that reduces the size of the system and the pipe work and the plant room size there. So we can better and more easily install in narrow building spaces. As I said earlier, we only work in retrofit. So you can see in the three examples there, the benefit depending on the particular building design. So the one on the left was actually a building design where space wasn't a constraint. You could do it quite well. And although our technology had a benefit, quite significant, it wasn't as substantial as you can see the one in the middle. And the one at the end, again, is a very standard design piece. Again, very lot of space there. And again, the benefit is reduced compared to other ones. So you should look at us basically as a company that has a range of products that makes a range of margins, depending on the particular mix of properties that are being chosen. And as I say, what we see this year, which is exceptional in our experience, is that in terms of the framework contracts that we hold, places like Leeds or Camden, or in terms of the three uh, uh, organisations around Watford that we announced at the end of last year, by chance, what they're choosing is to focus on buildings where actually our margin is more traditional thing, sort of the first and third run than the ones in the middle. So this is what's setting our margin mix going forward in this year. But equally, the buildings which will make better margin, they haven't gone away, no contracts being cancelled. What we plan to do is come back to those in 2024. So this is why we're seeing this year as rather an exceptional situation, but us recovering going into financial year 25, calendar year 24. So as I said, we continue to invest in our future. We did so in 23 in terms of R&D spend. We're going to increase that this year to 2.4 million. And principally, this is about the next range of products, but also driving a range of pilots that we've got. So in terms of the UK, we've got a pilot going on in Leeds. This has been driven by the local carbon hub. And this is to demonstrate the use of our technology in addressing concerns around fuel poverty. Because the energy bill savings are so significant, it really makes sense to top that product there. And this is what the carbon hub is doing to basically replicate and prove the data that came out of Crawley. We've also got trials going on, as I mentioned, in Spain around Agritech. And we've also got trials being designed and which will be delivered this year in Holland. And what they're about is that in Holland, the issue around nitrogen neutrality is very serious. The government is saying to farmers, livestock farmers, you need to stop farming livestock to reduce nitrate emissions in the area. As you can imagine, politically, huge problems there. And what we're doing is talking to in a couple of regions to say, let's trial our technology based on Crawley and just show you what we can do. And maybe it's an easier solution. And as you can imagine, if we can prove it, it goes well, there is a great opportunity there. We've also deepened our patterns, as we mentioned, deepened the well that protects us. We've got new pattern applications that have gone through. And we've got new technologies under development, which we hope to announce and share with you later on this year. In terms of our global production facilities in Toledo, that's being set up, will be complete at the end of summer. That enables basically improved quality control. It also reduces our production costs, as you can see there.
in terms of people, we grew our team to deliver the growth in revenue there. Our team costs are all in the admin line. As you can see, although admin costs have risen, they haven't risen as fast as our revenue. And this is an example of how efficient we are and what a great culture we have in our team there. We're going to continue investing in the acquisitions we've made because that's the way we can basically make the most of the opportunities before us. So moving on to some more data on the results. As you can see there, and as I talked about at the outset, uh, revenue growth of 52%, up from 36.2 million to 55.1 million in the current year. And that's for the reasons we talked around in terms of repeat orders and new client wins. Gross profits were up 58%. And here, as we highlighted, whilst we achieved a 42% gross margin in the year, this was due to the change in the mix of projects that Matesh has just outlined. So certain higher margin projects for us moved from FY24 into the latter part of FY23. However, by controlling our costs, we have been able to increase our EBITDA up 76% to 11.8 million. That's enabled us to propose a dividend of 1.2%, which is a 20% increase on our maiden dividends last year. For the reasons I've talked about at the outset, we did see cash conversion in a negative position, resulting in investment in working capital, particularly in Q4. So that saw the end position of net debt of 3 million compared to a net cash position the previous year of 4.1 million. We'll talk a little bit more about that as we come on to the later slides. In terms of group revenue, group revenue has increased by 52% or 50% if you exclude the Matthewson acquisition. Included in that 50% is the first full year of Wellfirm, which contributed an additional £600,000 of revenue towards the group's targets. It also highlights that whilst international revenues remain small, they did grow by 105% in the year, largely on the back of the Uttrakhan contract in India. We did see a change in the delivery of project mix during the year as contracts moved between FY23 and FY24 as our clients reprioritised their projects. However, it's important to note that we didn't lose any contracts nor any contracts cancelled. Now looking at an FY24, it's higher than our original expected growth outlook and that really reflects the quality of our clients and the urgency with which they need to engage with us to upgrade their buildings and meet their net zero targets. So as we sit here today, we currently have a record order book of 130 million, of which 62% is anticipated to be delivered in FY24, and that equates to approximately 80 million. We do anticipate securing additional work during the course of this year, as normal, to ensure that we can deliver our FY24 targets. The income statement. So what this really highlights, as Matesh briefly mentioned, that by managing our costs, we only saw an increase in admin expenses of 26% compared to the growth in revenue of 52%. And really that growth in admin was largely in headcount, particularly around project management and engineering skills and resources. In addition, included within that is a £1.3 million investment in R&D. And that really reflects the increased product development that we undertook during the year, as well as those trials, which we commenced during the year, um, to ensure that the long-term growth and success of the company uh, are well-placed. We're also looking to expand our IP portfolio and as we look to enhance our product offering. So we expect in the current financial year that R&D uh, will increase again, somewhere in the region of 2.4 million. 
Despite these investments, we did deliver an increased EBITDA margin up from 18.6% to 21.5%. And PBT was also up 79%, which resulted in an adjusted fully diluted EPS of 25.6p. So in terms of the balance sheet, a few key points to pick out here. Accrued income was 22 million, and that's included within the trade and other receivables figure. And that's really around the heavy Q4 bias, with those revenue being recognised later on in Q4 for those delivery projects. So here, we completed those works, but not yet been able to invoice it. And this was partly due to the uh, assurance process introduced by the government in November 22, which caused a backlog in the approval process of completed projects. Uh, unfortunately, until the assurance is granted, we are unable to invoice for, the, for those projects. However, post-year end, uh, this position is now unwinding, and we now have 54% of that accrued income converted to cash. We did obtain an additional overdraft facility with our bank, HSBC, for a further $2.5 million. And at the year end, our net debt position was $3 million versus $4.1 million cash position the previous year end. In terms of cash flow, we've really covered the working capital investment in the previous slide, but also it's worth highlighting. CapEx was lower than last year, as last year really saw the investment in the Toledo plant in Spain. CapEx this year was really focused on expanding the Welltherm drilling rig fleet, and we acquired three new rigs during the course of the year. In addition, we also acquired Matthewson, and that consideration was 1.6 million. So in terms of this net debt bridge, really, this is showing the movements throughout the year, the largest one being that increase in trade receivables of 16.8 million, and that really reflects that heavy Q4 bias around the accrued income position. As I say, we did finish the year at a net debt position, but we do expect cash conversion to significantly improve from last year and expect that to actually be greater than 100% in the current year as we return to a net cash position by the year end. So in terms of moving to the summary and outlook, so say FY23 for us was a real substantial growth. As a business, you know, we grew substantially in turnover in terms of customers and also in terms of profit as well. Record revenues, that record adjusted PBT then. But the high inflation did affect our client budgets, causing individual projects to move between financial years. However, no contracts were cancelled. And I think that's testament to the strength of our relationship and the value of the solutions that we provide. We had a number of contract wins and I say a number of multi-year contract wins there as well. And the Agritech and the Netwater Neutrality Pilot opened up new sector opportunities for us there. And finally, we also completed two acquisitions in the year and again allowed us to enter new markets and geographies. Looking at this year and looking at next year, calendar 24, clearly one of the things that's happened which has caught us by surprise is that that impact that our clients had on the because of inflation has meant that the government selected a set of projects for our energy side where essentially our margin is lower. And therefore, that's had an impact overall in the group. Our order book is at record level, 130.4 million pounds with 62% or 80 million pounds expected to be delivered this year. What we did in that respect was in the last few weeks is go and talk to every one of our clients and ask them to confirm 
that are you going ahead with that project or which one are you going ahead with there? And have you got the money in the budget to do so there? Where there was hesitation or uncertainty, we took the safe option of taking that out of the book right now. Just a clean order book looking at that right now. We expect to win further work in the year to make that up and hit our numbers. There's a strong interest in what we do in heat pumps, as I described earlier. And as I say, we're expanding our offering both in energy and in water into Northwest Europe. But the most exciting thing, I suppose, is water. As I said earlier, water is growing faster than we were expecting at IPO. This year, in financial year 24, water will become a material part in profit terms for us. And we fully expect within three years, water will be the largest part of the profit contribution for the group as a whole. In terms of turnover, energy will probably stay larger, simply because energy projects and revenue are always bigger. But in terms of profit contribution, we think in three years' time, water will be bigger there. So we are seeing, let's say, for 24 revenue targets higher with higher single-digit PBT margins. But next year, calendar 24, because of the fact that those projects that we normally expect to deliver haven't gone away, they still need to be changed, we do expect to come back next year with a more normal mix of margins, more normal mix of projects, sorry, and that's a more normal mix of margins as well. Thank you to everybody for your time. Um, I do appreciate this year is a difficult year, but in terms of the fundamentals of our business, they really are unchanged. You know, we are driven, our markets are getting increased, the drive is around climate change, the work we do on energy in terms of heat pump solutions really is market leading. And as I said, the most exciting is on water, which is going even faster than we expected IPO, and is going to become the largest part of our business within the next three years. So can I say thank you? Please be assured as individuals in the company, our interests are completely aligned with yourselves, and we're very, very determined to get the share price back up to where we think it should be. Thank you. PI World videos and podcasts are for general information and interest. They do not constitute any kind of recommendation or inducement to buy shares of any company. PI World is not offering any kind of financial advice and nothing in our material should be taken as such.